you would. First John chapter three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jacob's in the sound booth. All right, co-pilot. First John chapter three. Look at this. I want to just let the word speak to us this morning. Might mention a few things along though. You never know. Praise God. Chapter three, verse one. Let's read it together. Verse one and two. Ready? Read. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Do you have a video for us? All right, we're going to sing a scripture song. You all know about scripture songs where someone took the word, lifted it up, and uh, we're going to sing it together. Behold, what manner of love the Father Planted that seed and you're never forget it. We sang that in a Bible study in 1982, 1980, excuse me, and it's never left us. I knew exactly when I opened up and saw this scripture, I knew exactly what to do this morning with that song. So you'll always remember that. The truth is, and here's the reality of the kingdom that religion never mentions and never knows, that identification is the greatest factor 
in your life concerning success and failure. Who you identify with, what you identify with, will determine your future. So if you have a failure paradigm in your life and you identify with that, nothing ever happens good to me, um, I'm always on the wrong side and everything, it is a destiny that is imprinted in you that will go beyond any good thing that, uh, that uh, would naturally come your way. But if you identify with the Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter what the devil sends, it doesn't matter how rough the world gets, it doesn't matter what caves in and blows up, that identification, that affiliation, that agreement, that immersing in who he is and who he's made you in him will always supersede your situation. That's why the tithe is so important is because it identifies us as being kingdom people. It puts us in the covenant every time that we extend it out of our life. It identifies me with something that's beyond this world's control. It identifies with me with an abundance, with rebuking the devourer, with my vine not casting its fruit. All the benefits of the kingdom of God become mine simply because I identify with that. And so here it says in, in chapter 3, Behold what manner of love. The Father hath bestowed upon us. Look at that. Not because we earned it, not because we've been good, we kept the law, and we don't mess up much, but he bestowed it upon us with his love. He just looked out there and said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, and I'm God, and I can do anything I want to in that realm, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to recover my people that Adam uh, lost. I'm going to recover them, and I'm not going to do without my people and my family. And it says that we should be called the sons of God. So if you believe that everything in nature looks like its parent, that, uh, that possums don't have skunks and horses don't have uh, uh, armadillos, if you believe everything produces after its own kind, then you have to believe that when the Word of God says that He is our Father that, and that we are His sons, that we are like him. We're not, we're not a distant people that he said, well, I'm going to help them, and I'm going to see what I can do, and I'm going to, if it works out for me, I'm going to uh, throw them a bone here and there. He said, this is my family, this is my people. And, rem and look here, it doesn't even talk, it goes past gender. Gender is something that we deal with down here on earth to make a biological uh, uh, world happen, but... Uh, uh, actually, you and I are just spirit creatures without gender that have been placed in a gendered body. So actually, and don't get offended here, but we're identifying with the Son, Jesus Christ, rather than our gender here on earth, and so we're all sons. It's not a preference, it's not a, 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 a deference, but even if we say, well, I'm sons and daughters, and we're not going to take away from that because we are, but in the truest sense of the word, we're identifying with him and uh, taking our sonship, identifying with the Lord Jesus. One thing I see about this, that when we become the sons of God, that we should be called the sons of God, immediately it conveys authority. How many of you know if you're a son of God, you got some stuff? You're, it's different than when you're not the son of God. And if nobody knows it in the world, but they're actually, if they're not the son of God, the Bible says they're the son of the devil. And he has no authority. He's been whooped all the way down to New York City and back to San Francisco. It's done for him. And so there's an authority that has come upon us. There's an air about us in authority realm because we are the sons of God. 
We got to identify with that. We got to come up and say, you know, I don't feel like it, but feelings is not on the scale. It, you know, you don't see how what your temperature is by standing on the scales, and we don't feel like sons, but we are. There is a power that comes. There's no doubt if you're the son of God, you got some jurisdiction. You got some, you got some say in what goes around if you're the son of God. It, a, a prince and a princess of anybody that's in a, in a monarchy system, they're absolutely empowered. You know, uh, when uh, Prince George and, and, and his father, William, you know, they were born and came into this world the, the usual way. There wasn't anything supernatural or royal about them getting birth. You got you to gotta go from where you were to where you're going, just like every kid that's ever been born. And you gotta, you gotta have feedings every three hours, and you gotta have diaper change. You know, your your stuff isn't different. It's gotta be put in a diaper and hauled to a faraway place. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your last name is or what happened. It it must be done. But there is no doubt that if you're a prince or a princess, that everything about you is different in every other realm. And you have you can't just go off and 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 join a gang, and you can't just go off and and uh, decide you're gonna see the world or whatever you've got your life is a certain amount legislated and there's a certain amount of power that comes by just showing up there's also a a royalty aspect when you're a son of god it's like yeah i hate to say it but yeah i'm his favorite (laughs) he just likes me best and everybody in here could say that and it'd be all the same there's a royalty aspect to it that we are the son of god you know, people sling their, they drop names. Do you know who I am? Well, the mayor is my father, or the governor is my father, or the president is my father. There's a certain kind of royalty that's, uh, that's uh, distinctive about that. There's also, in that same thing of a son of God, a responsibility. It's like, if you're a son of God, you, you, you can't just go do what you want to do. There's a, there's a slot, or a channel, or a road that that's already been laid out, and you can get off of it, and some people have that are Christian, even ministers, sons and daughters, just lose it, just, just, and you know, and everybody knows it. It's not even a secret, but there's a responsibility that we have to uphold the Father. Amen? Uh, 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 the, the presidential candidates, well, they're not just looking at Donald and, uh, and Hillary or Bernie or whatever. They're looking at their kids and seeing what's out there. Do they fit? Do they qualify their parents by what they've done with their life? And then the last thing that I'd notice about being a son of God is the sense of destiny. You just know something's going to happen that's good if you'll allow it, if you'll get in line with it, if you won't resist it, if you won't go off and and do your own thing, that, that there's already a good road mapped out. God's got a good plan, and if you'll just leave it alone, if you'll just, like Brother Hagin says, if you can't push the car, at least get your foot off the brake you know, so we can get this thing going. Well, we can let God do a lot if we just quit resisting, quit saying, no, I won't, or I can, or I don't want to, instead of just saying, let the will of the Lord be done. Be it done unto me according to thy word. There's a destiny on us. Point yourself and say, you. Fulfill your destiny as a son of God. 
Absolutely. Turn right there in chapter uh, in First John. Go to chapter four. Eric read this one or quoted this one. Herein, verse seventeen. Herein, herein. So there's a long discourse before that. Herein is our love made perfect. Wow, you could stop there and go a long ways. Our love is made perfect. That why? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. It's not your boldness on a good sun, sunshiny, everything's flush day. It's what you do when trouble's all around. That's what he's made us. That's what he's put in us, that we can stand any test. Because, because, because as he is, because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And I've, I write it down, so am I in this world. I put me in there. You know, because you could lump yourself together with a bunch of good people and say, well, Lord, you know, I, not me, but because of all of us, you're, you'll be good to me. Nope. Throw me out and throw all y'all in. He's still going to take care of me as as he is. So am I in this world. I've been born again. I didn't earn this. I'm not keeping up my marks so that I can do what he did. The potential, the ability is right there in it. It's not based on performance. Could I have a better amen? You, as he is, so are you in the world right now, not based on performance. It's already been put inside of us. It is in me now. Whether I like it or believe it or agree with it or understand it, this power, the power is on, and as he is, so am I in this world. I, I'm, I've been made just like the prototype. Jesus was the prototype, son. You know, they always put a prototype out. If you go to these car shows, they'll show you the, uh, what do they call those, those, uh, those cars? The, there's only one of them. They made one, and they take them to the car show, and they show them. And, and then they're what? Well, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. You never see them again, almost all of them, but there was one. Concept car, that's it. That's exactly it. And if everybody, you know, if they decide this concept is going to do, it'll go into production. I was reading about a car this week uh, that's in Europe that they've got a new engine, BMW does, and said it'll never hit America, it's, but it'll, it's going to go all over Europe. So, so we, we don't even see a lot of stuff that's out there. Well, Jesus is the concept car of the kingdom. He is the example. He is the pattern. He is the demonstrator. He's the one that God said, that worked. We're going to make all the rest of them just like that. Whatever his mold is, well, however you tooled him and made him and created him. and I mean, he wasn't created, but as he is, make everybody else just like him. And so here we are, and we look different. And because we started out as sinners, we started out as not born again, not in his image, not in his power, flawed and failed. We begin to sometimes put that in and say, I am who I used to be. Versus getting in faith and saying, I am who he made me now. I was that, but I'm not that. I did do that, but I am not who I did. I am not who I did. I'm, we all did, but we are not what we did. We were, but we aren't. And now is a new day. So uh, in, in Matthew where it says, on earth, Lord, on earth, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means to operate exactly like the Lord Jesus every day. It means to speak to the storm. It means to tell your food to multiply. It, tells, it, it means to straighten up your family and tell, and tell them, little ones, 
You may be around all sort of anarchy and lawlessness, but this is not going to happen here. We are, we are as he is, so are we in the world. Slip all the way back to little John, big John, the book of John, to chapter 1. Praise God. Behold what manner of love the Father has, that we should be called the sons of God. 1 John chapter 1, let's look in verse 10. Let's let the Word speak to us. The Bible is true. It's true. It was true. It is true. It will always be true. And it's true for you. You are not the exception. Verse 10, He was in the world, speaking of the Lord Jesus, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Let me just stop you right here for a second. It's one thing to say we're all children of God. Coca-Cola, you know, came out years ago with an ad and, you know, the, the whole world. We're the world's children and we're all the same and everybody, you know, love and peace and all that. We're not the same. We're not those people that are not born again. We look the same and we speak English or whatever you do. We drive with our steering wheel on the left side of the car like half the world, but we are not those people. And here it says, he gave power, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Got any believers this morning believing on his name? Amen. Which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, talking about natural birth, but of God. So we'll cut that middle part out, which were born of God, which were born of God, which were born of God. So your salvation doesn't ebb and flow like the waves on the beach. You know, well, I've been bad, so I don't think I'm saved. I better get saved again. Well, I've been good, you know, if, if, if I die today, I'll probably go to heaven. We were born of God and we're like our Father. And you can't just turn off being born and not born. You're either, you're either in or you're not. Is that right? We're born of God. Do we mess up? Does the, sin, does the flesh get involved? Does the unrenewed mind make crazy decisions? Absolutely. But on the inside, we have been born of God. And it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, speaking of the Lord Jesus, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The only begotten of the Father. Slip over here to John chapter 3. Look in verse 16. We talk about this all the time, but this fits right here, just to make sure we get it. For God so loved the world, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his what? Only begotten Son, that whosoever should believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So there was a point in time where Jesus was the only begotten Son. And, and that's one thing that contributes to religion saying that we are not in his class because he here saved us all by his sacrifice as the only begotten son. But in Romans chapter 8, something has changed since Jesus came and gave his life as a ransom for you and I. Something transacted. 
after he went to the cross, there was a price given. And it says in verse 29 of him, of for whom he, the Lord Jesus, did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So there's the pattern son, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be what? Say with me, the firstborn among many brethren. So he went from being the only begotten son of God. He didn't change. Nothing turned for him, but something happened to us. He became the firstborn among many brethren. And the very fact that he puts us in there with a conjunction in the same verse means that we are the same class as he. Firstborn among many brethren. He puts him and us in the same class of being brethren. It doesn't mean that we are Jesus. It doesn't mean that he is us. But it means we're in the same class of being, that as he is, so are we in the world. He's the pattern. He's the proxy. He's the, the, the first of, of, uh, of many to come. So we're just like him on the inside. And we're changing what's not just like him by the renewing of our mind. I said, I'm changing. What's not right is getting changed to be right. A lot of Christians don't care. They don't know that's available and they don't care. But I care. Do you care? I want to be like him in spirit, soul, and body, not just in spirit alone. Um, you're right there in Romans. Let's look in verse 5. Verse 5 of Romans 8. For they that are after the flesh, we're talking about the manifested sons of God. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things, they mind the things of the spirit. So how do you know if someone's spiritual or not? Not by some prophecy they give, not by some, some kind deed they might do. What are they after? That's how you tell. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Did you get that? For it is not subject to the law of God, which is the law of faith, Neither indeed can be. So if we're carnal, if we're after the things of the natural, we're going to have a hard time cooperating with God. So then, they that are in the flesh or in the senses cannot please God. But then he turns to the Romans. He says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. So that's it. It's not performance. It's not how good you act. It's that you are born again. We're born of the Spirit of God. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So you can't be half-baked and be a Christian. You're all in or you're not. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, dwell in me, he that raised up Christ from the dead, so that'd be the Father, shall also quicken, the word is resurrection, your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Verse 14, here we are. For as many as are led, 
guided, directed, induced. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Are y'all led by the Spirit of God this morning? Well, you're in church this morning. The devil didn't lead you here. The flesh didn't lead you here. The Spirit of God led you here. Um, let's go on. For, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, or Papa, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. So there's a witness on the inside. It's not just that you read the Bible. There's a witness inside. He is my, I'm affiliated. I'm, I'm identified with God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. That word suffer there. How do we suffer with him? Well, if you go back up to verse 13, he talks about, but if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, the way you and I suffer is to stay in faith. We come against our, our flesh that says, let's go, let's go party. Let's go do bad things. Let's go do what we used to do. There's a suffering that has to come about when you deny your flesh. Well, there is in my house then. There is in my life. I have to, mortifying the works, the deeds of the flesh is suffering. Now, there's things that we've mortified so well and so long. And uh, with his help, it's not suffering anymore. But there was a suffering when all that stuff began. Nothing that you take on that he convicts you of and says, let's deal with this. Well, Lord, you never mentioned it all these years. You weren't ready to mortify that. But let's talk about it. Let's, I'm convicting you. I'm, I'm coming in and I'm wooing you to come up higher, to live by the Spirit. Okay, Lord, I want to do that. And so we mortify the deeds and there's a suffering. Let's go to verse 18. Because here's where we're going, verse 18 and 19. For I reckon, isn't it cool that the Bible says I reckon? I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Verse 19, read it with me. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of of the sons of God. That word creature is more accurately translated creation. For the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. So here's what it is. There's not some, some thing where God's just going to say, click, it's time for worldwide revival, although that's absolutely, he looked ahead and saw what would happen, and set the time for it. But it's up to you and I to be or be revealed as to who we really are. We've always been the sons of God. Is that right? Since you were born again, you have been a son of God. Birthed by His Spirit, fully endowed, the mind of Christ set in, powers of, uh, uh, in the supernatural of there, Born again, spirit-filled, fire-baptized. We are the sons of God, but we hadn't been manifest. We haven't been revealed like shall be. Is all the work on heaven's side where God's just going to come down and just make things happen? Certainly heaven's cooperating. Certainly heaven's in. But it's in us 
to see and to know who we are and to manifest. The truth is, all of creation, all of the world is waiting for us to grow up. There's a lot going on, but not in our lives. The only thing that's lacking with who we, who we shall be is our glorified bodies. That's the only thing that's going to change. When we're raptured out of here and we meet him in the cloud, we're going ha- to meet him with a glorified body because this body can't go to heaven. But except for that, it's done. We renew our minds to it. We, we mortify our, our bodies. We tell it no more of that. You did it and you did it long, but we're not doing that anymore. But as far as the work of the cross, it is finished in your life. So we just have to realize who we are in him. Identification is the number one factor that determines your success or your failure. You identify with the world. You identify with your family. You identify with uh, uh, some craft or some beauty or handsomeness or some wealth or something. If you identify with that, then you are on a course for failure or at least great disappointment. There's going to be a crisis in your life that you won't be able to surmount. Rich people do not have it made. They just, get, they just get to their crisis in a higher fashion than, than other people do. They, just, they don't walk, they drive, they fly to their crisis. And, uh, <laughs> but they all have crisis. So revival is the result of us reacting and identifying with who we are in Him, sons of God, manifesting who we are as sons of God. And creation is waiting for us to show up. Right now, as you know, there's a big debate and has been for years about global warming. I'm not here to debate it. There's certainly something going on, and there's certainly uh, earthquakes are more than ever. Hurricanes are taking out people in unprecedented numbers across the globe, not necessarily in the United States right now. And The earth is in turmoil. The earth is groaning inside because it's not right. It wasn't meant to run on its own. It certainly wasn't meant to run on the confessions and expectations of the ungodly. It was meant to be controlled and dominated by the manifest sons of God. Hurricanes are not supposed to be what goes on in the earth. We, as the manifest sons of God, are supposed to speak to low and high pressure systems and convections and, and El Nino and, and La Nina, we're supposed to be dominating that and the world will settle down. Hurricanes and tornadoes that take out people's lives are not what God created this earth for. But it can't do it on its own. This world is, is, is a fallen state. It's, it's, it's just a child that needs a guide an instrument that tells it what to do. We're going to bring order to the earth is what we were created to do. And if we don't say anything, if we side in with other people, oh, it's hurricane season, it's flu season, you know, you better get your storm shelter fixed, you better, you know, you better not move to this place or that place because of that, is not the manifest sons of God. That's not us revealed. That's us just being born again and going to heaven, but looking and acting and talking just like the devil. Uh, when we command deserts to bloom, that's when the drought in California will change. 
it's not going to just change on its own. There's just some sort of current and some sort of snowpack and some sort of uh, precipitation. It's all just mixed. God's not controlling that. The devil's not even actually in control of it. But it, in absence of a positive, in absence of life, death will reign and rule. And so when the snow doesn't come at the certain places and fill up the Colorado River, fill up Lake Mead, and then, you know, water California, they have a, a long drought. It's part of the curse. It's out there. Who can reverse that? Well, God, we wish you'd reverse it. Well, he, he wishes it would be reversed too, but he's not in charge down here. The manifest sons of God are in charge. I said, we're in control. God's not in control in the earth in the sense of what goes on day to day. But he is the power switch. If you go over there as a believer and turn on the switch, he, he's always on. When we speak to the storm exactly as Jesus did, as, as he is, so are we in the world, then the storm will do what we say. When we tell record heat, not in my town, not in my state, you moderate in Jesus' name. You get out of the hundreds and you come down to this temperature. And drought, we, tell, we, tell, we call for good rains. We tell storm systems that try to come into Tuscaloosa County, we tell them, you're going over, you're going around, you're not coming through here with destruction and tearing things up. That is the manifest sons of God. And we've had some success in that in the weather patterns, even here at River Church. Not taking credit for it, but just saying we have entered in to that realm of our authority, which is simply knowing, as he is, so am I. I am, I am who he made me. I am not who I feel like. Amen. So uh, we tell plagues to cease. We tell, what was that Ebola thing? That, that's crazy. Christians had absolute charge of that. And there's people that prayed, and they prayed wrong. God, take this away. Oh, God, you know, if you're a good God, you take it away. He is a good God, but he doesn't just take stuff away, but he will, he will back us up. When we bind it on earth, it'll be bound in heaven. When we loose it on earth, heaven says, I'll do what you say. I didn't know that. Well, that's why the trouble has come. Uh, we have houses to sell. We're in charge. We have jobs to have. Good jobs, good jobs, good careers for people that are just right, that let you off on Wednesday, that don't work you on the weekends or whatever, whatever. There's good jobs, but you have to possess the land of promise. You can't just read the thing that says he gave you a good job. You have to read it and possess it in your faith and say, I'm going after the job. Somebody, somebody has to work on Sunday, but it's not me. Let the heathen. Did they say amen or did they say oh me? I, can't, I, I couldn't hear for sure. Hallelujah. We got to speak to our bodies. We got to tell cancer, wrong house. This is the house of the Lord. We got to tell uh, multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's and we got to tell that stuff. I'm in charge. Not the devil, not the precedent, not my genealogy, not my generation. I'm in charge. I'm taken in. The man has stepped up, and I am the manifest son of God. And if we, don't, if we won't listen to the doctors when they say, you know, this is going to be one out of three, and this is one out of four, everything, you just, can't, you just can't imbibe that. You can't stand that kind of talk and live the life as a manifest son of God. Because the devil will take any seed you let plant in your soul and he will grow it, he will water it, he will make sure you see corresponding 
and affirming uh, uh, information, and you can build yourself up. Uh, Debbie's grandmother, she was sure she had cancer in her hip, and when they, uh, when they had did surgery on her, I, I think I have this right, they said, Ms. Newcomb, you don't have cancer. It wasn't there, but there were symptoms everywhere. We've had other things where symptoms are there, but we just don't take it. We are the manifest sons of God. And when we start taking over, point yourself and say, take over. You're in charge. When we start taking over, creation will ease its groaning. The Bible says right there, did, I, did we not read it? For the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. We got a car that's going down the hill and there's no driver. And then we're surprised that it doesn't tear stuff up on its way down. We got to get behind the wheel and hit, hit the brakes and start steering this thing and driving this thing where it's supposed to go. It is our responsibility as sons of God to steer the earth. I said it is part of our job description as sons of God to manage, to steward the earth. The Bible says that Adam was put in the garden to keep it and to is it till it. To take charge of it, whatever the other word is. Tend, tend, to keep it and to tend it. There's two meanings in there, but the, the truth is that was the plan of God. And now Jesus has restored us to that and better. We're to keep it and to tend it. The earth is our responsibility. But we're royal. There's a royalty about us. I am a son of God. I'm in charge. You watch those movies where there's a crime scene and you got all these lackey policemen around, you know, taking notes and what to do. And then Columbo or somebody walks up and everybody just steps back and like, oh, okay, he's here. We will all just wait for him to tell us what to do. That is us, Columbo. <laughs> you are uh, uh, whoever we are. We're in charge. You're in charge and the world will step back. They won't want to give it up but we're in charge. And you won't be in charge until you know you're in charge. Boy, that's good preaching. I, I am ordering the tape. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, just think about this. If devils can manifest in church, if devils can manifest in our government, if devils can manifest in your family, then why would it be strange that we would wonder if the sons of God could manifest? I tell you, there's a big invitation from heaven saying, please come forth. Please believe my word and get your eyes off of heaven, although we always have it on heaven. But we're not going to like live in the world just because we have a ticket to go to heaven. We're in charge and we ought to stay here until we get our course run. The verse 19 says this. It's in the least expanded New Testament for the concentrated an undivided expectation of the creation is assiduously and patiently awaiting the revelation of the sons of God. That's, uh, that's who we are. So we're on a quest. We're not just defeating the devil. He's been on us. So we say no weapon formed against us will prosper. That's just a small part of the whole picture. Yeah, he's a gnat, he's a mosquito buzzing around our head, and we want that thing done. But the greater purpose is that he's distracting us from who we really are, which is to run this earth. Now, listen, y'all, the Bible says that the church is the wisdom of God in the earth, that, that we're in charge, we're the only ones that really know how it should happen. 
We're in charge of Tuscaloosa. Does anybody know it? Not even some of y'all know it, but it's the truth. And so we just, because you look around and say, there is some contrary circumstances and situations to that reality. If we're in charge, well, then Tuscaloosa's in trouble. Because <laughs> look at this. We, we can't even run our own house. Oh, contraire. Oh, contraire. We, we know who we are. And our words are how we take over. So if it's, if it's by a massive army that says, we're going to storm City Hall, send out your police and send out the armored guard, uh, the, the, the military and everything, we would certainly lose. But our words and our faith are taking this into that realm. And it doesn't take a bunch of us, but we all have to be on the same page. And we all have to believe we're responsible and we're in charge. So the devil will step out of the way when we tell him, you got to step out of the way. Hurricanes will obey us. Big hurricanes. We should have got that one in April of 11. We should have got that one before that that came up from the coast and, and came through here. We, we should have got stuff. But we, didn't, we weren't manifesting sons of God. We were manifesting Alabama citizens four hours from the coast. That's what we were. Go get some milk and bread. But now we know, bless God, we'll multiply whatever's in our house. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be known as the sons of God. I am who he says I am, and I'm not anything else. It doesn't matter if I've been acting like it, believing it, thinking about it. I am in the spirit realm who he says I am. You, you're... You may have been dropped into a little body. You may have been dropped into a, uh, a gender that you don't care for. You wish, you know, someone told me uh, in Texas one time, she was the, she'd been there at the bank 19 years, and she was, a, uh, she was an assistant to one of the bankers. And I said, uh, I said, Tony, when are you going to retire? She said, I'm retiring because if I'd been a white man in this bank, I'd already been president. And you just knew right there. You let what your spirit man got dropped into, which is negligible, which is not important, dictate your whole future. Something that none of us can control, whether you're male or female, you're black or white, whether you're Oriental or Indian, whatever. None of these things that any of us can determine. But one thing about it, we can determine whether to live by faith, identifying with who we are on the inside, and just letting this stuff go. I wish I was tall, dark, and handsome. They say that people, that, that men that are tall and have a darker complexion and that they're handsome, obviously, like Charles Neiman out in El Paso, he's got 10,000 people in his church. And he just stands up and he just looks like, yeah, he looks like a rock star. But I've listened to his messages and it's like, really? Really? And so it's like, okay, I wish I was tall, dark, and handsome in that sense. I wish I was this, that, and the other. But all that stuff is subject to knowing who I am. On the inside. So, Jennifer, there's no limitations on you. Earlene, absolutely no limitation. Because your family may be different than some families that did this and that, the other. If you ever give it a thought and say, well, we can't, right there, the road ends. It's got those barricades off that says road closed. It's over. Joey, Annette, all of us are limited by if we believe the word or we believe what we've had. Let's stand up this morning. Let's just point to ourselves and say, I am, I am 
who God says I am. He is my father. He birthed me. I am his son. I'm in charge. The devil is defeated. And that's the end of that. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you right now. It is as you say it is that we believe. And so we change everything in our believing that doesn't line up with your believing. And we make Jesus Christ the pattern for our life. And that's the end of that. Lord, I don't know how many days we have, but we're going to spend the rest of them being the manifest sons of God. They will know what we believe by what they see every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Does anybody need prayer this morning? We prayed for a bunch of folks yesterday in the church. I believe we got some stuff worked out. Hallelujah. Anybody need? All right. Well, lunch. Your house or mine? <laughs> Yours. <laughs> Yours. <laughs> I wouldn't want to say this, but it, like concerning lunch, be afraid, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd have to multiply it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We love y'all. God bless you.